Hello everyone, welcome to the Chica Travel Podcast. My name is Lelo B. This week on the show, I am chatting to Elijah Lawal and we are talking about London, this city that just does not quite appeal to me. <laughs> so this week he's going to be telling us all about London, what to do there, where to stay and I guess everything that he's experienced as someone who's lived there most of his life. I've always said there isn't anything about London that attracts me to it but let's see if this conversation persuades me to go give it a try here's my chat with Elijah enjoy hello Elijah welcome to the Chica Travel Podcast hi thank you so much for having me all the way in San Francisco right Yes, yes. Although I'm not going to be talking about San Francisco today. No, I don't care about the US, literally. (laughs) (laughs) Elijah, where I would like to start off with you, just please tell my listeners a bit about you. Where did you grow up? And tell us also about your first trip ever as a kid. And, you know, any memories that you remember from that? Yes. My name is Elijah Lawal. I uh, work at Google in San Francisco, California, but I only moved here a year ago. Um, I'm British Nigerian. I was born and raised in London, uh, but I'm Nigerian. I'm a Yoruba boy. My parents are actually very Yoruba. My dad is from Ijebu. And my mom is from Abekuta. So they're both in Ogun State. And so, yes, I, I, was, I was born in London. Both my parents came to study in England uh, as very young adults and they met and fell in love and had me and my younger sister. Mm. And I'll come to talk about this a little bit later, but London's actually a very romantic city. It um, is? It, it is. It is. <laughs> I know it comes across as kind of cold and metropolitan Mm. but it is actually a very romantic city and so if anyone's thinking of going to London and finding the love of their lives it's very possible (laughs) (laughs) okay I have never heard uh, a London described that way so this is a first for me (laughs) well so there's an amazing quote from Samuel Johnson who was the author of the first ever dictionary that was created when a man is tired of London, he's tired of life. For in London, there's all life can afford. So if you want to kind of make your riches, London's good for that. If you want to fall in love, London's good for that. If you just want to spend a small amount of time, London's good for that. It's one of the reasons why it's the greatest city in the world. Wow. Okay. Before you continue, I know you only answered part one of my question. I want to ask you, so did you ever, did you spend any time at all in Nigeria or have you always just been in London? Ah, yes. So to continue the story, uh, when I was about six years old, my dad had already gone back to Nigeria to kind of work on uh, in the National Bank. And uh, it was just my mom and me and my sister here with some of our other family members. And it had been a while, so he had asked for us to to move to to Nigeria. So from the ages of six till about 14, Mm. I lived in in Lagos, Nigeria. And that's actually the first official holiday that I took. It was the first time I was even out of London, let alone England. And it was so beautiful, but also kind of overwhelming. It was beautiful because everywhere I looked, there were people who looked like me. There were black people all around. And that was very liberating. And I think once you grow up in the West or in a predominantly white country, mm. your blackness becomes the first thing someone sees about you and then it shapes your identity. So if you're good at something, it's because you're black. If you're bad at something, it's because you're black. Mm. Whereas if you grow up in Africa or a predominantly black space, yeah you're free to just be yourself because everyone else is black right so that was so beautiful um but it was a little bit overwhelming you and I were joking just before we recorded about electricity problems um it it was very overwhelming the first time 
Nepa took the light, as we used to say. <laughs> um, I was so worried that we were never going to get electricity back. <laughs> and it was also a little overwhelming, like having to draw water from a well. Mm. Um, so there are all these new things that I just didn't know how to do, but it helped shape who I am today. So I'm really grateful to have lived there. Yeah. And that was, and, and so when, at what age then, did, you said till 14, then you left Nigeria to go back to the UK? Yes. Yes. So I came back to London and lived there uh, until I went to university. I went to university in Kent, which is a town probably about an hour or two by train outside of London. Mm. And then came back to London and then lived in Ireland for a little bit. And now I live in San Francisco. Wow, wow, wow. Very interesting life. Um, yeah, I wish I could quiz you a bit more about Lagos, but this is not what this is about. <laughs> we want to talk a bit more about London. But um, tell me a bit about your, your first trip as an adult. Where did you go and what made you choose that particular place? So my first trip as an adult was uh, to a place called uh, La Coruña. It's in Spain. I went when I was uh, 19. When you're 19, you are a little bit independent from your parents in that you no longer live at home, but also you don't have any money. So, um, <laughs> yeah, like my son, right? <laughs> exactly. You're like, you want that independence, but you also don't want to have to go back to your parents for every little thing. So one of my childhood friends, his name is Ricardo. He's half British, half Spanish. His family has a villa in Spain. So we just took the cheapest Ryanair flight you could ever imagine. We even had to pay to use the bathroom, which was <laughs> very disconcerting. And we went to Coruña and, and stayed with him and, and his family. And again, you know, very beautiful and overwhelming. Beautiful because the weather was warm. The food was delicious. We were in Spain. We felt so international. We were just throwing out really terrible Spanish <laughs> um, <laughs> but overwhelming because you know in and not to kind of make everything about race but I think if as a black person traveling you always have to be aware of your race um, there were just things in Spain particularly this region of Spain that was just a little bit off you know every time me and my friend uh, Vijan who's also black we would go into places, everyone start looking at us. There were still kind of racist caricatures and statues in places. Mm. Um, so that was always very kind of, or a little bit overwhelming. But, you know, we didn't have a negative experience. We were just kind of aware of mm. this thing around us. Sure. Okay, well, interesting. So Spain was, was that for you? And mm -hmm. um, you've, you've, you've spoken to me about how you ended up in, in London but and how you how long you lived there and so on but tell me what you enjoyed the most about living in London oh okay you know what I have to I have to try and contain myself because if I just <laughs> said everything I loved about London we this podcast will last forever <laughs> we would be here the whole night <laughs> we would be here the whole night I didn't London just has this incredible, rich history. You know, it's, it's been around since like 47 AD when a bunch of like Roman soldiers started to build a sense of community around the River Thames. It's got 9 million people. And of those 9 million people, it's just got a rich tapestry of diversity. Mm -hmm. um, when I was growing up, I grew up around people from Guyana, people from India, from Pakistan, from Poland, it was just beautiful to just be around lots of different cultures. Mm. Um, it's got something for everyone. Like I mentioned earlier, if you want to come and make money, you know, in Canary Wharf, the kind of the financial center, there's the opportunity to do that or to fall in love. There's beautiful romances. And, <laughs> and I think especially for for Black people as well, you know, there's kind of a sense of, history even though it's kind of tortured history right we mm. tend to think of slavery for, for us like black british people africans 
we tend to think of like our entry into London as or England or the United Kingdom as slaves yeah. from the people of the Caribbean, from the Windrush scandal where people from the Caribbean were brought into England to help rebuild after World War. Yeah. But actually, Black people have been in England or London since the third century, since even before London was was created, right? Wow. And so we belong there as much as anyone else. And so we have this beautiful connection to this city. So apart from that sense of history, it's got amazing landmarks. It's got a beautiful culture for you to absorb in terms of like the history museums, yeah. uh, the modern museums, the portrait gallery. It's got green space. There's over 8 million trees in London, which means there are more trees than there are people. <laughs> yeah, and people tend to think of New York as the greatest city of the, in the world, but New York is a concrete jungle. Like London has greenery. <laughs> it, it has greenery, <laughs> a space to come together, uh, you know, helping to revive our beautiful planet with the trees so it's got over 270 nationalities over 300 languages spoken and this is just in a small city in a a country so i i love it so much more importantly it's home yeah it is it is home for you i think um i mean the one thing that i know i mean i've never been there can you believe it i have never been there there has never been a moment where i feel like oh my gosh i would love to go visit london hopefully after this uh, conversation i will feel like that but i have not felt it oh i'm taking you there i'm taking you there <laughs> this is this is unacceptable that you haven't been there i'm taking you as long as i don't have to spend pounds you know when i look at the pound <laughs> exchange and I'm like mm, it's okay let me postpone this <laughs> but in my head I also think I also see it as this place where there's all this all these different nationalities different languages I kind of feel like it's not like the one place where you, it's just all white lily white or you mm-hmm. know it's like a mix of cultures just happening everywhere there so my assessment is right Oh, you're you're absolutely right. And depending on what you're looking for, there is actually distinct places that you can go. So south of the river is predominantly multi-ethnic in terms of uh, people from the African diaspora and the Caribbean diaspora. When you talk, I'm sure you've heard of Brixton, an amazing place which a lot of Black people just really populated, um, mostly Caribbean people as well. In East London, we have lots of beautiful African diaspora there as well. Lots of really great places. Um, West London tends to be more more the cool part of, of, of London. It tends to be a little bit more white, but for members of the LGBTQ plus community, like they call Soho home. So there's lots of uh, gay bars and gay clubs in there. So you're not only getting racial diversity as well, you're getting diversity in terms of sexuality mm-hmm. and even that has its its own sense of history and its own sense of building something beautiful out of pain there's a particular gay bar in Soho which was the site of an attack someone threw a bomb um, it's called the Admiral Duncan and even from that site they've brought they've built this beautiful kind of bar scene where you have lots of drag queens and so that is a a safe space for that community and so everywhere you go in London there's there's a mix of people and there's a mix of different personalities and cultures and that's one of the most beautiful things about it it's that it's this foundational city in in England but it's for everyone wow 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 okay um, this is very interesting for me, but now even more, I guess, to get deeper into that and, mm-hmm. and focusing on London as a travel destination, what type of traveler would it appeal to? I mean, you mentioned, you know, there's, there's, yeah, you mentioned a whole lot of things that could be, you know, interesting, but if I'm a traveler, what sort of traveler would, uh, you know, enjoy London? So I mentioned earlier that London is for everyone, and I think this really applies as well for travelers. So if you're the type of person who likes to 
go around and get a sense of the history of a place or the culture of the place or the creativeness of a place, London works for you. So there's the British Museum, there's the Victorian Albert Museum, there's the National Portrait Gallery, which is one of my favorite places because I much prefer kind of classical art to modern art. So the Portrait Gallery has some really beautiful collections from all over the world. Um, there is the, oh, and just kind of speaking to the British Museum, the, there's been all these memes about the British stealing things from yes. other, <laughs> other countries. And so every, <laughs> every time I go into the British Museum, it's with a sense of, it's a sense of acknowledgement of that. And I'm of one. I'm one of those people who firmly believe that these objects should be returned, and it's good to start to see that some of them are being returned. Mm. But while they're in London, being able to appreciate a sense of history and culture from other places, while knowing as well that these things were taken by force, and obviously at some of the worst periods in in that culture's time, it's is very harrowing. So you get a sense of London, you get a sense of the history, but also you understand some of the atrocities that the British have done over the years. So you get an education, essentially, is what I'm saying. But, now, but there's also the national... Oh, Eliza, sorry, go ahead. Now, if you return everything, what will be left at your British Museum? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because we, we have other museums. Um <laughs> <laughs> but also you can make copies, right? Um, you can make copies and you can put a sign saying, you know, this Benin mask mm. was uh, originally from the Benin people of Nigeria. It's been returned and we encourage you to go and visit the real thing there. So not only are you doing the right thing by returning it, but you're also encouraging people to go and see it. I like um, that. So... Yeah, I would be in favor of, of returning. Mm. Um, but take advantage of it if, you, if you're in <laughs> London. <laughs> um, if you just want to do the typical tourist thing, you know, there's Buckingham Palace, Tower of London, Westminster Abbey, St. Paul's Cathedral, Trafalgar Square, Big Ben, the London Eye. But as someone who lived in London, did you ever go to see those things or it's just like oh no there is the this big bed, <laughs> London eye there's this and that Trafalgar Square and all of that but I've never been so are those things that you have visited as well as you know as someone who lives there it, I have visited them but it's so interesting that you mentioned that because I didn't start seeing them just until just before I moved to Ireland and I moved to Ireland about uh eight years ago mm. so I never went to any of these things. And then one day, me and my friends, we were just like, all of these amazing things are in London and we never go. Yeah. So every weekend, we would pick one of these things to go and visit. But, you know, if I could make a recommendation to the listeners of your podcast, if you want to go to London, I would say you should do it. You should see London through the eyes of a local. Mm. These amazing landmarks are there and they're fine. But for me, the real beauty of London is in like some of the places that you might never really go to. So, for instance, Covert Garden is such a beautiful place. Um, it's very close to, the, to, to Soho. But once you walk down the cobbled streets of Covent Garden, you really get a sense of like the quirkiness of London. So I think that's important. We have tons of markets. Uh, and again, that culture and diversity of London comes through. So like Borough Market, Notting Hill Market, going down Portobello Road, Camden Market is amazing as well. And for me, I think the beauty in such a busy place like London is sometimes just sitting and watching the world go by wow. or just sitting in a very beautiful space. Mm -hmm. So think about like Hyde Park, St. James's Park, mm. Hampstead Heath, Holland Park. And in Holland Park, there's a beautiful Kyoto garden. So like a nice Japanese garden. Mm. So for me, because London is so busy, it's like, go, 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 go. For yeah. me, the beauty is just kind of sitting in a wonderful, beautiful space 
and then just seeing all of the world go by. And to my earlier point about romance, you know, just having having a picnic or just having like a lovely drink in one of those parks on a hot summer's day. I mean, that's that's proposal material there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if I if I thought like okay, I want to have a picnic. Where would you say go have a picnic here on one of my days that I'm visiting London? Um, I would say either Hampstead Heath or Richmond Park. Mm. Richmond Park is huge, and there's actually reindeer. Uh, well, deer, not reindeer, deer um, that that live there. So. You get a sense of nature, but also Richmond is like a very metropolitan area. So with lots of companies and businesses, so you get the business side of London, but you also get the nature side of London, yes. right? And it is a giant park. Hampstead Heath is just beautiful to look at and beautiful to look around London. And you see lots of couples and lots of groups of friends just mm-hmm. enjoying it on a, on a beautiful summer's day. Amazing. Yeah. So if I'm now traveling to London and I'm visiting for a while, what are the areas that I should consider, you know, staying at? Uh, So I was thinking about hotels uh, because I lived there, so I never had to stay at a hotel. Uh, Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So in my head, I, I was thinking, oh, shoot, I don't know a good hotel. However, there are two in or around Covet Garden, which I recommended. So the Nomad Hotel in Covet Garden, it brings a sense of elegance, mm. it brings a sense of class, but also the quirkiness of London. So you're not in a completely fancy hotel like the Mayfair Hotel. That's very big, very fancy, very extravagant. Sounds like my but- stuff, okay. It does. It does. I, I know you're a classy lady, um, but I would never <laughs> I would never steer you wrong. The Nomad, it brings that sense of classiness, but it also has a playfulness, like a little playfulness that I know you have. Nice. Right? Yeah. Mayfair is a bit stuffy, um, but I think Nomad would be really good. Um, the other hotel, and I know this because I drink or I used to drink in their hotel bar regularly, the Bloomsbury Hotel, um, very nice, very, very elegant, very professional staff, because obviously you want to have a good time yeah. when you go there. So, um, yeah, that would be where I recommend that you stay. Okay. All right, cool. That sounds, that sounds <laughs> good, good options, good quality. Options. <laughs> now, you mentioned, uh, you know, a bit of, of the stuff that you would recommend that I do and see. Uh, on mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you've got any more, but I also wanted to ask you, like, if I'm going to London, I know you guys don't have the best of, you know, the best weather. When mm-hmm. would you say is the best time to visit? And like, how long would be like a good number of days for me to be able to see and explore as much as I need to for a first time visit? So um, in my head, just to the first point, in my head, I was thinking like, if I, if Lelo came to visit me in London, where would we go? What would we yes. do? So I came up with like a nice schedule of, of things that yes, I think would please. be. Okay, wait, <laughs> wait, let me take a moment to breathe. I'm ready for this. <laughs> You're ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. So the hotel will be uh, the Nomad Hotel in Covet Garden. Like I talked about, really nice kind of area. Um also, there's like a mini West End in that area. So you can go and see a play um, in Covert Garden. It's quite, really quite nice. For dinner, we go to this Japanese place called Flesh and Buns. It's so amazing. They have like a beautiful kind of shredded duck that you could have in the buns. And it's amazing. And if one is a vegetarian, their kale salad is to die for this place actually made me love vegetables. I am not a huge vegetable person. Um, I generally tend to have my vegetables in a smoothie because I know they're good for me, but I hate vegetables, but I will eat a kale salad from Flesh and Bones anytime. Uh, Another place I would take you would be a Nigerian restaurant called 805. 
um, quite a few like British Nigerian stars actually eat there. Um, John Boyega goes there regularly. I love that place so much. Their jollof rice is the best. To die for. Uh, oh, it's to die for. I mean, it is a typical Nigerian restaurant, so you have to wait 45 minutes before anyone <laughs> takes your order. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I promise you, you would love, love, love the food. Um, speaking of kind of West African food as well, Chishiru in Brixton, which again is the birthplace of a lot of the African and Caribbean diaspora. It has this blend of British and West African food. Mm. Um, I would also take you to Nopi in, in Soho. So there's a very famous uh, British Israeli chef called Otolenghi. Mm. And that's one of his uh, restaurants. And uh, I would take you to Ma Petite Jamaican, uh, which is in Camden, just giving you a sense of that Caribbean food. Mm. Ah, and these people should be paying me, Sha. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and last but definitely not least is Evelyn's Table in Soho. They do a nice combination of British, French, Japanese food. Absolutely lovely. Yeah. Um, and because I know you're a very classy lady, I would take you to afternoon tea in Hamyard Hotel, uh -huh. uh, which is in Piccadilly Circus. Like uh, obviously, I haven't stayed at that hotel, but I've had afternoon tea at that hotel, which is a quintessential British thing. It is amazing. It's wonderful. And I think you'll enjoy it. And then I don't really see you as a pub person, but... I, I will take you to, mm -hmm. you can have one drink in a pub. Um, <laughs> and there's a pub called The Seven Stars. It's in Holborn and it's meant to be the oldest pub in England or at least in London. So we would go have a quick drink there and then we would, if the day's beautiful, we'll go for a walk in Primrose Hill and then just kind of end the day with a Shakespeare play. Hopefully, oh much ado about nothing, which is my favorite play. Oh my God! Are you planning? Are you planning to propose at the end of all of this? <laughs> oh, so romantic. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I don't want to ruin the proposal surprise, <laughs> but wow. they may pause the play. They may pause yeah. the play, and I propose to you at the Shakespeare Globe. <laughs> <laughs> I think like men, like I was saying earlier, I've never even considered London, like I want to go to London, but given, you know, just listening to you talk about this itinerary and what, where, where we would go, what we would do, I feel like hmm, maybe I should try, try this out, you know, who knows? I think you, I think you should, it, it would work for you. And to your second question, and I know London gets a bad reputation about the weather, which yeah. is fine. I will say two things. One, we are a tiny, tiny country in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. It's not our fault. It's not our fault. <laughs> we just live there. It's not our fault. But the other thing is we do get like a really, really beautiful days, kind of between like April and June. We get lovely summer days and you can always see everyone just crowd to the pub. Mm. The moment people finish work, they just crowd to the pub or crowd to many of the like gardens, commons, hills, mm. any amazing kind of greenery mm. just to enjoy the sun and have like a Pims or have like a gin and tonic. And that's another contrast between New York, which people say is the most beautiful city in the world or, or the best city in the world is on a hot summer New York's day, you don't really want to be like out and about because it's just kind of smelly. And then because everything is so concrete, the heat is just seeping everywhere. Whereas in London, there's this open air. So if you're in New York, unless you're going to Central Park, I don't know where you're going to sit and enjoy greenery, <laughs> right? Um, whereas London is just it's anywhere, anywhere. You can just sit and have a really nice drink. Oh, and that's the thing, you can drink outside. In New York, you can't drink outside. Um, so you really get to enjoy that sense of, of summer. So I would say between April and June, 
And then thanks to global warming, we occasionally have some really good days between September and October. <laughs> okay, thank goodness for that. Otherwise, it would take months out of the whole year. <laughs> so how do I get around now as a tourist? Uh, tell me about public transportation. Oh, okay. This is another quintessential London thing, um, which again, we have similarly with uh, with New York is we have decent public transportation. So we have the underground or the tube, as Londoners say. Um, yeah. I guess technically speaking, you'd pronounce it the tube, T-U-B-E, but we say tube. And it it just takes you anywhere in London. It, it, we have different lines. So you have the Victoria line, you have the Bakerloo line, you have the Northern line, you have the Central line, the Hammersmith and City line, basically anywhere you need to go in center, uh, in Central and kind of greater London, yeah. it, the tube could take you there. Mm-hmm. So really accessible, really easy to go. It's re- easy to understand as well. There's announcements at every stop. You can look at the tube map before you even go out. There's staff at each station to help you. So you can kind of do that. We also have really good train systems. Uh, So I lived in South London. And in order for me to get to central London, I would take the train. And then I would take the underground or or the tube. Um, We also have a tram system, (laughs) which seems archaic, but it's actually quite beautiful if you've ever been to Amsterdam you can you know that they have really nice uh, tram systems so we have that Um, we have an overground railway system as well which works beautifully and let's not forget like a quintessential British icon which is our lovely red buses so (laughs) you know we have those lovely red buses that takes a little bit longer to get around but if you're kind of claustrophobic or if it's a hot day and you don't want to take the tube, um, going on a London bus is a really beautiful experience and you get to see London for all of its its beauty. They've installed lots of bike lanes as well, particularly in the center of the city. Mm-hmm. So if cycling is your thing, uh, although if you're a tourist, particularly from America, I would not suggest it just because the traffic goes the other way. So um, that might be a bit of a, a tough thing to do. Um, so there's lots of ways to, to get around London. It's one of the most accessible uh, places. And a lot of our tube systems as well have lifts and elevators and ramps. So if anyone's in a wheelchair, it's actually quite accessible to get on and off. And the trains as well. And even the buses, they have ramps for people in in wheelchairs or not only if you're disabled, but if you're elderly or if you have kids and you're pushing a pram or a stroller, it's all accessible transport. Okay, very interesting. So now coming from South Africa, I'm thinking about crime. Is the tube safe? London overall, uh, do I need to worry about my belongings and my bag? What would you say about crime? in general? Yeah, so as someone who has lived in different countries and have visited countries, I always say crime is is relative. Mm. Um, There are people here in the United States who live in uh, Georgia and Texas, and they're just very comfortable with the idea of seeing guns. Uh, I'm from England. (laughs) I'm not comfortable with the idea of seeing guns. So... It's all a, it's all a, it's all about relativity, right? It's all subjective. I find London to be very, very safe, but then again, I'm a man, so yeah. uh, you also have to take that into account. I think there is. Uh, I think you should keep an eye on your belongings. There are pickpockets, mm-hmm. especially in busy places, uh, but I don't think that is a London thing. I think that's just anywhere in the world right anywhere where there's busy places where there are tourists uh, there's going to be opportunities for for people to do pickpockets Mm. um i have never been robbed in all of the time that i've lived in london and i don't really know a lot of people who who have as well so 
Mm. I'm confident in saying that London is a relatively safe place, but you just need to keep your wits about you. Mm. You know, don't flash cash or credit cards openly. Keep mm. an eye on your belongings. Um, London's quite a busy city, so you are very rarely walking down a street alone at night. But obviously, no matter where you are, you should, even if you're in the Vatican, you should kind of be <laughs> safe and wary if you're walking down the street at night. So London, London's very, very, very safe, but you should still be, be cautious and, and make good decisions. Okay, thank you. That, that, that helps. Now, I have never heard anyone talk about London and food. What food, <laughs> could, I, <laughs> what food could I try when I come visit in London? London is not known for having good food. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a cheeky explanation of why. Um, the Brits are the OG colonizers. And I think once you colonize a people and you take their food, then there's no <laughs> impetus for you to create your own. Yeah, there's no pressure, right? Like, let's eat whatever exactly. they're eating. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there's a running joke in England that our national cuisine is like Indian food because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you just get the most amazing Indian food in London. Um, there's a place called Brick Lane which is basically just Indian and Pakistani and Bangladeshi restaurants as far as the eye can see. Mm-hmm. And you don't even need to do a Yelp or a Google search to say which is the best one. Just walk into anyone um, in Brick Lane and you will just, I would argue, and I'm biased, and obviously this is a ridiculous assertion, but I stand by it, that outside of those countries, outside of India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, it's the best food of those regions you will get. Mm-hmm. And the reason is they are cooked by <laughs> original Pakistani, Indian, and Bangladeshi people, right? They're part of the Southeast Asian diaspora that live in London. We're not great at food from countries that we did not colonize. <laughs> like our Mexican food is terrible. <laughs> it's <laughs> abysmal. Uh, but that's because it's not cooked by Mexicans. <laughs> um, we don't have a big Mexican population in London. Whereas Southeast Asia, obviously, yeah, England had a huge part in colonizing those countries and they're part of an amazing diaspora in the UK today and in London today. So we tend to have like really good um, Indian food. We tend to have really, really good uh, West African food for exactly the same reasons. We tend to have really good Caribbean food. There's no kind of England food itself, with the exception of two things. One, fish and chips. We're known for that. And yeah. again, you just need to go into any place or any pub and you'll get decent fish and chips. Uh, the other thing we're really known for is something called a Sunday roast. Mm. Um, which is basically just a big slab of meat. Either it's beef, it's lamb, or it's chicken, uh, ginormous carrots, ginormous vegetables, a Yorkshire pudding, uh, mashed potatoes, slathered in gravy. It is really delicious, but so bad for you. (laughs) It's like a heart attack waiting to happen. But... For any tourist who visits London, you have to have a Sunday roast. But don't plan anything afterwards because you will sleep. It is so filling. It's like, for any like West Africans there, it's like eating eba or fufu. And just, you're so full, you just need to sleep afterwards. Just go for a walk and then go home and sleep. <laughs> okay. Um, Elijah, what do you miss the most about, I mean, you you say you've been living in Fran- San Francisco for a year now. I can't believe it's been a year already. What do you miss right? <laughs> about London? Time flies. Time does fly. I miss, oh, actually, I miss the accents. I don't, I hadn't really noticed it for a while because like San Francisco is a tech city mm. and the Americans who live here or who move here from other places tend to have very neutral accents. I call them like TV accents. So if you 
watched any American TV show like uh, Sister Sister, uh, growing up like One on One, um, Sabrina Teenage Witch, any of these things, they just tend to have neutral American accents. Whereas in London, you could hear like a Scouse accent from Liverpool or Everton or a Mancurian accent from Manchester or a Geordie accent from Newcastle. Mm. And then you would hear a Polish accent or an Indian accent mm. or Pakistani accent or Nigerian accent or, mm. uh, you know, a Ghanaian accent, a Car- any of the accents from the Caribbean. And they're all twinged with like a British accent. So for those people who have a, an ear for accent, you will notice that I speak predominantly with an English accent or with, with a British accent, but like some of my words are Nigerian or some of my so my tone when I get excited sometimes switch to like a Niger, Nigerian accent. I mean, there's no such thing as a Nigerian accent. There's like over 300 ethnic groups in Nigeria, but just for the purposes of this point, um, it's not just a clear British accent. And I miss that. I miss having that diversity of people who bring the way they talk, the way they speak, Mm. the way they emphasize their language. You know, whenever I'm speaking to my mother on the phone, we speak in English predominantly. But when she gets excited about something or wants to emphasize something, she switches to Yoruba and then I switch to Yoruba. And it's just and now that I've made some friends here from Nigeria and from uh, you know the sub-Saharan Africa. I love that our conversations are predominantly in English, but you know we'll switch to Pigeon, for instance, or we'll we'll switch to to Yoruba, and it's you know, I have some Igbo friends here, and they'll do the same, and it's just amazing to see. So that's what I miss the most about London. Ah. That's so, so, you make it sound so good, man. I hope you just know. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, London, that's where it is. Wow. I would, uh, yeah, I feel like now I need to go and experience it for myself. So now when I do go there and visit one day, what are those tourist traps that I need to watch out for? Oh, I mean, the the very famous ones are like Buckingham Palace. That's really (laughs) nice to see. (laughs) Although if you're like me, you might bulk at the ridiculous collection of wealth in one Mm. place. St. Paul's Cathedral is quite beautiful. And I haven't tried this, but apparently if the way it's constructed, if you stand at one side of the cathedral Mm -hmm. and you whisper into the walls, someone can hear you all the way on the other side even if it's just a whisper, the sound kind of reverberates through the walls. I haven't tried it personally, but I know people who have, tourists who have, Mm -hmm. and they said that it 100% works. Um, Big Ben uh, is also a sight to behold. It's, I mean, it's it's just a giant clock for me, but I see it all the time, or I used to see it all the time, but it is quite beautiful. Um, going to the top of the London Eye, that big giant wheel. Mm-hmm. Apparently, you can see into France from there. Uh, so that's quite nice. So those are like the quintessential kind of touristy, mm-hmm. touristy things to do. But one thing that not a lot of people go to, actually, they normally go to Buckingham Palace. I would say Kensington Palace and Hampton Court Palace. Mm-hmm. Those are really, really nice places um, to go to. And I know this is a podcast predominantly, uh, this episode is predominantly about London, but the great thing about London as well is you can take a train from London to other places. So if you want to visit Manchester or Bath or Kent, you can easily take a train. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to go to Paris for the weekend, you can take a train from London. If you want to go to Amsterdam, How you can long... take a train from London. How long is that train from London to Paris? It's about four hours. And then the four next hours. stop is Amsterdam. That's like, uh, yo, that's like I'm from here to Nairobi. <laughs> but it's like a, if you don't want to fly for maybe environmental reasons or you just hate the airport and traveling, if you were to take a flight, it would be like one hour. 
Mm. Um, you know, Europe is kind of compared to Africa, Europe, or at least kind of like Western Southern Europe is quite small. So yeah. you can get to Spain in an hour and some change. You can get to Germany under two hours, Italy, and from any of the many London, many airports in in London. So when I say it's accessible, it's not just accessible for people who want to stay in London. It's yeah. accessible for people who want to leave London. It's accessible for people who want to leave England. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you once you get a taste of London, you just never forget. <laughs> okay. We shall. Time will tell. <laughs> you know what? I remember... <laughs> I remember our mutual friend Mish being on this podcast and dissing London. So I had to, I had to represent. And come here and correct all the <laughs> misconceptions. Yes. I needed to correct that fake news because I, I couldn't let that stand. <laughs> okay, cool. So, I mean, you've been really giving us really good information, Elijah. Is there anything that you think that we haven't mentioned uh, today that you think someone visiting London should know? Oh, I mean, I'm sure there's a million things that to do that I haven't mentioned by virtue of just kind of living there or yeah. it being so big that I haven't even experienced everything that I, I would like. Um, I don't know how people feel ethically about zoos. London Zoo is also amazing to go to. There's lots of colleges and campuses that you can kind of visit. Uh, I'm not a big fashion person, but for those who love fashion, I mean, we have Fashion Week in, in London, yeah. right? So there's lots of things to, to do there, lots of stores to visit. Um, Lelo, you're an influencer, lots of beautiful places to take amazing pictures yeah. and lots of landmarks as well to, to have in your in your arsenal. Uh, you can also see where famous people were born across history, uh, where they drank, where they ate. Uh, there's a pub in London Bridge, I think it's called the George, I believe. I think like Shakespeare stayed there once. Mm-hmm. Um, we just have an amazing history and not even just history, just thinking about the mu- contemporary musicians, right? There's mm. the grime artist, Dave, Adele's from London, Amy Winehouse from London, <laughs> David Bowie's from London, the Queen, like, you know, it's just, Prince it has Charles. a, well, boo. <laughs> 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 the only king I recognize is Denzel Washington. I don't know who I don't know who this <laughs> this child is. This <laughs> I don't know. My queen is Angela Bassett, and my king is Denzel Washington. At least now that I'm in the states. Um, <laughs> yeah. But That's yeah, cool. it has it has everything. And if I could give anyone a piece of advice about visiting London, it's just to. Just be prepared to be exhausted by everything because it's 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 like going and eating at your favorite restaurant and yeah. just having everything on the menu. You leave full and exhausted but happy. Okay. I think I want to visit London. <laughs> yes. And confirm to my listeners whether or not everything you said here was right. <laughs> I, I haven't even talked about like the nightlife. I mean, I'm older now, so I'm not going out <laughs> the, the way young people go out. But the nightlife as well mm-hmm. is a vibe. Um, I used to go to this night called Super Duper Fly. I think they still have it. Mm-hmm. Um where they just play 90s hip-hop and R&B all night. And they've started to infuse that now with Afrobeats as well. So lots of Burner, lots of Wizkid, lots of Fireboy. Um, lots of Adekunle Gold. I love Adekunle Gold. I feel like of the kind of Nigerian Afrobeats artists, he doesn't kind of get as much uh, visibility as maybe Burner or Wiz, uh, Davido. I mean... um so yeah there's just even a nightlife for younger listeners or for older listeners who still like to party Mm. there's just 
there's something for everyone. Yeah, it sounds like it. It really does sound like it. And look, I really feel like I want to go. But what did you say? Like, okay, between April and June, right? If I like warm weather, that would be the best time to go. And you said maybe if I'm lucky between September and? And October. October. Yes. Yeah. Not but, so bad. But, and I know you're going to say, Elijah, calm down. Like London's even beautiful in the rain. No, <laughs> it's I'm even sorry. beautiful in the rain. <laughs> I am sorry. I ain't going there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I but pick April between April and June. I will yeah, try it out then. But think about just walking down the cobbled streets of Covert Garden under a giant umbrella next to someone you love, <laughs> going and having a warm cup of tea mm-hmm. once you get indoors. Mm, you can so this tea thing is a real thing it's not a thing on the crown on netflix it's a real thing oh i have tea i have tea when i'm happy i have tea when i'm sad i have tea when i'm hungry i have tea when i'm thirsty i have tea when i'm sleepy like tea is life i don't understand people who don't drink tea like i don't drink coffee Mm. um but tea is just everything you need. I, I, tea is kind of like London. It's for everyone at any time, whenever you want it, wherever you want it, it will bring some sense of comfort to you. So maybe for that reason, I would enjoy London because I'm a heavy tea drinker. Like I also don't drink coffee. I drink tea all the time, every day, any time of the day, hot, cold, I'm drinking tea. So maybe for that reason, maybe I might just fit in. Who knows? Tea, tea is life. And anyone who loves tea is automatically one of my favorite people. Yay. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) Elijah, thank you so, so much. This has really been like an eye-opening conversation. I think a lot of my listeners have made notes, hopefully, and, you know, noted down all these places that they need to visit, what it is that they must do when they visit London. But thank you so, so much. And I hope you are enjoying San Francisco in a way. Is there one thing you enjoy about San Francisco that you didn't have in London? If Is there anything you can think of? Kind of, as I, I mentioned about London, I love green spaces. There's lots of green spaces here. So I live next to Golden Gate Park. So maybe one day you can invite me to come on and talk about San Francisco. That would be nice. That would really be nice. I will definitely do that. But anyway, thank you so much. This has been super, super awesome. I truly, truly appreciate uh, you making the time to tell us all about your home, London. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Awesome.